What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 48 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Go grab yourself some body armor. Combo Nation, we are out here. Today's show, Darren Rovell joins in. Darren is a sports business analyst, formerly of ESPN, who now works with the Action Network. We recorded live from Barney Greengrass Restaurant. We talk gambling, sports, business, Zion, LeBron, and so much more. Can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. And right after we recorded, we enjoyed some bagels, eggs, lox, cream cheese. If you're ever on the Upper West Side of NYC, go check it out. Barney Greengrass Restaurant. You won't be disappointed. Shout out to Barney Greengrass himself, LJ, Mr. Pro Reps, and Mike Felch. They were all in the building. Very important. And it would mean the world to me if you leave a comment and a five-star rating right on your Apple Podcast app. And even if you left a comment in the past, you are more than welcome to leave another one. Push that subscribe button if you haven't already. You can follow Darren on IG and Twitter at Darren Rovell. That's D-A-R-R-E-N-R-O-V-E-L-L. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Shout out to the Spotify community as well. Come hang out with us at 1-2-Combo.com. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca on the track. Welcome to Convo's Court, man. Thanks for having me. I know you're with the Action Network now. Yeah. Um, I grew up watching ESPN. And the way the kids con- consume content now is kind of a little bit different than I used to. I used to, in the morning, eat my cereal. How watch old it. are you? 35. Yeah, so I'm 40. So yeah. I used to I used, oh, I used to watch SportsCenter on loop. Like right. I, It would be like a, a rite of passage when I when I knew, because I wanted to know the highlight. Like so right. the next day, I'd come in and, you know, like, so yeah, so we'd, we'd watch it twice. We'd watch SportsCenter yeah. in the morning twice. Yeah, the way the kids consume content now, they're always on their phone all day. I've heard reports, you probably studied it more than I have, that ESPN is losing subscribers. Do you feel like in this day and age that ESPN could, could survive? Yeah, I mean, listen, they're still making billions of dollars. It's still a good business, but the Sports Center brand, and there was a there was an article uh, in the New York Times on Monday, um, basically talking to Scott Van Pelt and you know, can Sports Center anchors be relevant, um, yeah. and how Scott Van Pelt does something a little bit different, and that keeps him uh, kind of surviving. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, there's been a lot of changes in the last five years with millennials. I think, you know, you used to think that um, people were going to watch live sports no matter what, right? They were going to watch it live. And, and 94% of ESPN's uh, content is consumed live right. um, because of the number of sports. But then these millennials came along. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like, okay, they actually are okay with not watching it live. They uh, will watch it on their phone or they'll get a highlight on their phone. And as long as they send that highlight to their friend and they get credit for it, right. that's all they care about. Like, right. I saw it first. Yeah. Um, and so so that's a little bit amazing, especially when you consider that some of these rights deals are 20, 30 years out. And they, it's based on the assumption that 
it, people are going to watch live, and you have right. guys now that are 18 that don't. So it's 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 definitely a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. You know, everybody has a niche these days, but you kind of did it before everybody else. Uh, you're a sports business business analyst. Were people like saying like, no, you shouldn't get into yeah, this? Of course. This, yeah, yeah. So yeah. How it's, all like, that? it's like you know, it's like any innovator. You know, like when you when you come out. So so in 1998, I had a sports business radio show at Northwestern. I love sports. I love business, and I realized that. You know, everyone wants to talk to athletes, and they don't want to talk to you, for the most part. I'm right. not trying to bash the whole. I think it's culture, a little different now. But, um, and then I guess the, I, I, I guess, I guess the, you know, the, the, the other thing is like, okay, well, let's talk about business in general. Um, athletes, they don't want to talk to you for the most part. You know, and everyone wants to talk to them. Right. Business people. You know, no, no one wants to talk to business people, right. and, or no one's doing it, and they'll talk forever, and it's right. still fascinating. And so I, I realized I could get anyone in the world in sports business as a 20-year-old kid. And, uh, you know, I realized that there really was a, something to be covered here. Now, the original dismissal was it's business. Business is negative. Who the hell wants to care about business when sports is an escape? Right. And why would you remind them that it's a business? Well, you know, $70 billion business. And so... I kind of pushed that through, and you know, it was even funny. My father at the time was like, "Eh, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't know if people want to know that." So I did, did two years, and then uh, ESPN came to campus at Northwestern, and I said, "Hey, listen, I don't want to do the job that you're hiring for, right. but I'd love to, you know, be your business reporter." And I showed them a couple headlines from that day where it was written by AP writers. Right. And I basically said, okay, so you care enough about business that you have a couple stories with dollar signs on it, but why is it acceptable that you would never allow a baseball story to be written, by, for the most part, right. by wire copy? It's got to be written by Jason Stark, Tim Kirchner, or Peter Gammons. Right, right. But for a business, it's okay. It shouldn't be. If you're the worldwide leader in sports, you should be the worldwide leader in sports business. And you know, 12 days after I graduated, I created the job. That's um, crazy. Now everybody has a niche because everybody can do their yeah, own thing. Yeah. Everybody has social you media. Have to, yeah, I mean, you, you, you have to do something. You have to have some angle. You can't just be a follower. And, and I do believe right. that what's the best part about social media, about YouTube, about media in general is, for the most part, I think it's a meritocracy. If right. you are good, you will be found. And if you provide something of value, you will be recognized. Right. So let's segue to this. Uh, you cover Nike often. Um, that sneaker exploded. Do, do you feel? That was. I mean, that was that was a hard thing for me to be honest with you because, um, you know, uh, there there were some people who said I I was overdoing it, but for me there was no overdoing. I mean, I sat down. Thirty three seconds in, you know, Zion's shoe, you know, goes out, and. I mean, you could argue from a business standpoint, that's like the biggest business story of the year, especially if Zion's hurt. Right. You know? so, so you have the most watched regular season college basketball game in 11 years on ESPN. Uh, you have Duke, um, you have Nike, and you have Zion Williamson, who's the consensus number one, as biggest number one there's been since LeBron. You know, and his shoe goes out, and then it affects his knee. 
I mean, that's a crazy story. Yeah. Now, there's there's a lot of things that go into it. I, I you know, what's the real impact? Like, are people going to say I'm not going to buy Nikes? No, but it's certainly a negative impact. I think, to be honest with you, he is a freak of nature, and they probably he probably shouldn't have been wearing the the Paul George shoe. Uh, right, LeBron the, maybe. Not 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 that it's the not because it's the cheapest signature shoe at 110 bucks, yeah. but. But just because it's probably not constructed right for him. So he probably shouldn't have worn it. Right. Uh, do you feel like he should shut it down? Certainly it's in his best interest to shut it down. Um, I mean, why? But you play for the love of the game. Right. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to shut it down, but I think it's in his best interest. Right. Well, he'll definitely be in the NBA either way unless something catastrophic happens. Right. Speaking of the NBA, you know, the value of NBA teams have jumped dramatically. Yeah. How much of that has to do with Steve Ballmer? Not much. I mean, uh, I think that the Clippers were an anomaly. I'm sure he, he, he you know, basically doubled it up of what Forbes said that they were worth. Right. Um, I think a bunch of it certainly was the, was the TV deal. Um, and I now think the next... I think they're going to keep going up for now because gambling. I mean, gambling's the next thing that's going to bring media into the next... Uh, generation. So when that TV deal is done, I finally expect to see the Hulu's, the Amazons, the Apples, the Netflix. I think those guys are going to go into it. Right. Um, and so uh, because of the betting, because they know one click better than a an incumbent like an ABC or a Turner, I I think they'll they'll do it too. But I think it automatically boosts the TV rights fees, which is the biggest reason why. Um, you know the, the the value of these teams have gone up. It's the biggest chunk of money that they can share. Right. The NBA and uh, MGM, they struck a deal together, right? They did. They were the first. They were the first to do an official deal. So what does that mean for sports gambling in the NBA? Has it, does it change it for the gambler? Well, so the question is, um, you know, they were the first to prove that data could be sold. So there was a big debate, and there still is whether NBA data from the NBA is worth paying for. And just to tell you what data is, I mean, it's essentially what you're watching on the screen. Any third party can say there was a block or a travel or whatever. Right. And they do, and they right. sell it. But the NBA says that as in-play gambling, which is basically, you know, you gamble the next play, the next play, the next play, which is 70% of all gambling in Europe, um, if that happens, you have to have no latency. There can't be any delay. Right. You know, there's these famous guys in tennis who are called courtsiders, who essentially are courtside, and they, they know what happens, and they take advantage of the six-second delay between right. what's happening live. And so, right, right. so the NBA was able to sell it on that, and then I think other leagues besides the NFL followed. Now, here's the question. This is, this is, this is the debate. So, MGM has an official relationship. Right. The Knicks are playing the Bucks, and it's a pick'em game, and uh, uh, there's three seconds left, and uh, Knicks player comes down the court, um, takes a shot, and Giannis swats it, and they call goaltending. Right. I'm betting on the Bucks. I lost the bet. The next day, Adam Silver comes out with his like two-minute report and basically says that the, it was the wrong call. Yeah. Okay, so now I bet at MGM, <laughs> your official sports book. Okay, yeah. You told me this. You said you were right, so it's official. Adam Silver said it was the wrong call. 
Now, what he's going to say is, we didn't change the result of the game. We just changed the stat. Right. And then I say back to you, but MGM's buying the data. So it calls in the question, and especially if these... It's a sticky situation. Yeah, especially yeah. if these leagues are going to try to get integrity fees, that they have right. to ramp up to the problem with being honest afterwards then comes into play here and do I get my money back right right you know NBA changed its age back to 18 from 19 uh, looks you, like it yeah yeah uh, do you feel like it'll change the product or bring it down the level of play since there'll be more younger players they'll be so the que- the, que- the question is are, are is there a, a negative impact on the I think that the 18 year olds right. pro- might see a little bit of a decline in their shoe deals because they won't be marketed as much you know yeah. the NCAA brings them so much attention yeah NCAA yeah. brings them so much attention yeah. I mean when you think about even Kevin Durant's initial shoe deal Kevin Durant pretty much in Seat Pleasant Maryland or wherever he was like he he wouldn't have generated nearly the amount of money that right. Nike paid him right. so even um, Zion got boosted big time uh, Zion got boosted yeah, for sure yeah. for sure so I think there's gonna I, I don't think the 18 year old guys realize that or you know right. even the guys I'm not sure they realize that and the NBA vets might have a problem with it as well just less yeah. jobs for them yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. It also means the draft, you know, for such a long time, people, a lot of the guys who are in college kind of forgot about the European players, right? right so right, they're right. like, oh, my God, there's like, you know, we, we got whatever it is, you know, 60 spots in this draft. And they're like, oh, I'll be drafted, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. And then in some drafts, there's like 28 European guys, like a full first round. They didn't even account for it. And you're, yeah. Right. And, 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 and then the guys are screwed. And then they're either, then in all irony, they're playing in Europe. Right. So, right. so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's certainly going to be. And then for the college game, I mean, after Calipari and even Mike Krzyzewski has changed to, hey, we got to go along with these one and dones. It's going to be interesting to see what Kentucky does and how that... Right. I mean, he's totally... That's his thing. That's, that's his, his thing. Yeah. That's his thing. Yeah. That is crazy. That is if crazy. If you think about Kentucky, like... And it being a Kentucky fan, I mean, you basically, like, can't really buy a jersey that's going to last <laughs> more than a year. So, so right. think about... It's uh, funny when Coach K was saying he wasn't going to do one and dones, and now he, he does did. them both. He held time. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he held off, but I think he just couldn't... Couldn't compete. He, 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 he had to, you know... There's so much team, and then there's so much, like, how many McDonald's All-Americans can you collect? Exactly, exactly. Um, I saw you once tweeted that, I uh, wanted to talk about LeVar Ball a little bit. Um, you once tweeted that it looks like BBB brand is over, man. Why, why do you feel that way? I just think they lost it. I think yeah. they, I think what happened is when he went to Latvia, you know, when, when they... They, uh, he was, he just became irrelevant. I mean, he was the key to the brand, which is hilarious. Like, right. he was the key to the brand more than Lonzo. Lonzo right. wasn't generating relevance every day. Yeah. Um, so Lonzo's a quiet kid. Lavar's boisterous. So yeah. That was, that was yeah. Was, yeah. And I just, I just think you, I think we just lost Lavar. He was out of the country. He was, um, and I think the brand just isn't delivering that much. Right. You know. Yeah. It's not delivering. Yeah, and you got sneakers for five hundred bucks. And then, and then just the weight. I mean, the weight, the order. It's just, it's very difficult. Yeah. So, 
So I, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's dead. It was a hell of a run, though. I mean, yeah, they, they, they had a lot of hype. They had a lot of, they had certainly had a lot of it, more attention than even like an Under Armour, which is hilarious. Like right. even with Steph. Right, right. I wanted to segue to this. I had the chance to read uh, Tom, uh, Tim Donahue's book. Um, he maintains. I don't know till this day if he maintains it, that he didn't actually affect a win or a loss. He just affected right. the spread. And that story, that story got a lot of. A, a lot of buzz right. at ESPN and then I mean I wish I have never seen an NBA response like that right, I mean, right their right. response was for anyone right. who hadn't seen it I mean their response was basically like we tried to simulate the, the data that would come up with the stats that ESPN put forth as if the integrity of the game was hurt and we couldn't we couldn't replicate it um, I mean that was like an excoriation I really haven't seen they, which means which show, goes to show you the importance that the NBA feels this story has right, right? I mean it's it's the Adam Silver's done more than David Stern in terms of we're going to be open we have no secrets which I think is very smart I mean the, the everything comes out in this day and age anyway try, he's, he's trying to get rid of the like whole conspiracy theory right, which is right. which is funny because I think Roger Goodell thrives on the conspiracy I mean the NFL like it's like one big plot like Goodell right. against Kraft and like and that that actually the is, flake gate yeah, part. yeah and that actually like becomes part of the story that is like that makes the NFL like a comic book you know right um, but, but Adam Silver I think has done a good job of saying and so the, just to look at their response and see how important this story from so long ago is um, you know I, I, I think with gambling you know they, they, they want to be able to say you know hey uh, we're going to make sure that they're, they're, they're not corruptible which I think from a salary standpoint they're getting there do you pay them a li- even a little bit more uh, they're full time, unlike the NFL. I think gambling will make the NFL say everyone's got to be full time. Right. I mean, you, can't, you can't. You can't have a guy in it selling insurance and then on Sunday, you know, <laughs> calling. That is crazy that they're part time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that that's something that's really gonna be gonna be interesting. But they they, they care. They care yeah. about the integrity of the game. Yeah. So so what's the line on the uh, Lakers making the playoffs? Ooh, that's a tough one, huh? That's, I mean, I think that's one of the most intriguing stories, right? right. I mean, because it's, uh, I mean, it's, I, I think some people are a little unfair. It's certainly not LeBron alone, um, but I, I, you know. No, it's not. You got some young yeah. talent. Yeah. So, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think that's really intriguing. What do you think, if you had to make a bet? I don't bet against LeBron. <laughs> Me no. neither. Me neither. Yeah, neither. he's, he's... he's He's pretty amazing, and I feel like he is—he is unstoppable um, in a way that I feel like he could get a layup every single time. Right. Um, right. And I think just like Jordan, people focus on LeBron um, a lot more with like way too much on on his jumpers or his threes, which have gotten much better. Right. But Michael Jordan's game was layups. You know, like you could talk, right. like, you know, just getting talk in, about a finishing package. Getting, could... getting inside, LeBron, LeBron. I know. Yeah. Le, Le, LeBron. Le, see, jo- Jordan. Jordan made his moves with flash. LeBron is just brute strength. Right. And uh, you know, I mean, that shoulder is like a mountain. Right. You know, and, and try to, try, you know, he gets the first push, which he gets allowed, and then that's it. It's over. 
Yeah. So, so I feel like he can score 16, 18. If he needs to take control of the game, he can take control of the game. More so than Harden, in that Harden needs to hit the shot. Right. Harden's not you know, Pulling driving, driving to the hoop and getting you a... I mean, uh, no matter even if you're a great shooter, you're, uh, it's it's not a high as higher percentage shot, you know, as a layup is. Right, so. right. So, uh, thanks for being here. Oh yeah. Um, what's what's next for the Action Network, and what's next for you? So yeah, I made the move to leave ESPN to go to sports gambling. I just you know I was just in. I live in New Jersey, and 1.3 billion dollars bet in the first six months. I just thought about. Just business in general, and how many times you get a chance to see almost a fully mature business when the rest of the country doesn't have it. Right. right. I mean, think about that. You get to. So for me, it was almost like I'm seeing this before my eyes. There are only eight states that are doing this. There's only three states that are having mobile right now. Yeah. And we know it's coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so um, I'm really excited about the Action Network. Uh, we have an app which is free, but obviously we have a pay for the good stuff. I mean, I've, I have since I've joined. I've never watched ESPN scoreboards because you can. It shows you where your bet is and your potential to cash right. at that very moment. Right. Um, you know, and and it's amazing to see some of these degenerate guys in the office and how crazy, <laughs> how crazy. They totally are. different atmosphere from ESPN, right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. They, you know, the Duke Virginia line comes out and they're screaming, "It's minus four! Hit it!" And I'm like. Wait a second! You guys are betting before you're writing about it. Is that good business, or you know? So, but it's 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 uh, it's pretty funny. It's a great office. It's, it's uh, you know I come in every day, which is kind of different than ESPN. I wasn't always there. Uh, okay. But it's a really good company. Okay. So where can we find you on social media? Uh, at Darren Ravel on Instagram and Twitter. Um, don't do Snapchat or Facebook. I had to. I just had. I had to make. You know. You have to. You have to pick your shots. And yeah. I feel like you got it. You can't be like little pieces everywhere. You I'm gotta, an Instagram guy. I think invest. you're more of a Twitter guy, right? I'm more of a Twitter guy, but I'm, I'm probably seventy percent Instagram right now. Oh, okay. I've picked up my Instagram stories. It's hard to get the follows. You know. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. A guy who has two million. You're on Combo Score now, so you get some more follows. There you go. There you go. <laughs> There you go. We'll see it right. Well, you're always welcome back. And you're always you. welcome back at Barney's awesome. for some good bagel and locks. Awesome. Hey, hey it's, a hell of, it's a hell of a draw, you know? There it is. Episode 48. Hope you enjoyed the show. Shouts to Darren Robel for joining in. And big thanks to Barney Greengrass Restaurant and Barney Greengrass himself for hosting Combo's Court. It would mean the world to me if you left a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Let me know what city, state, country you listen to Combos Court in, man. I would love to hear from you guys. Be on the lookout for episode 49. Combo out.